0: Welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur podcast. My name is Denise Lee and I am a coach, speaker and advisor dedicated to help you grow and transform not just your business but your life. And We have all heard of the expression the clothes makes the person, but what does that even mean? And today I had the pleasure of speaking with Nicole Achi. She is a professional wardrobe stylist for entrepreneurs and executives. And today we talked about this idea of how to communicate our authority and trust through our clothing and that is so important for all of us who want to be more visible not just with our target audience but to be able to communicate who we are what we want what we value and most importantly what we can give to others if you are interested in learning about how you can use your clothing as a tool a marketing vehicle for success in. Your professional as well as your personal goals. Listen to this episode. We've got some really powerful information to share. And that's coming to you after this short break. Hey, Nicole. Hi. Thank you for having me. I am so. For those of you, though, you guys who have no idea who Nicole actually is, she deserves to have some space in your life because she's just a fabulous person inside and out and when I always look to interview people I always think I want to interview someone I could just have like coffee or tea with and just chat and not just be like here's the business let's get it done with and Nicole I'm just so happy that we have this time with one another.
1: Me too I'm really looking forward to our conversation.
0: Yeah for those who don't know you would you mind giving a little brief intro about yourself?
1: Absolutely. My name is Nicole Achi. I am a personal stylist and branding consultant that works with uh, women who are their own brand. They're either public facing in some way or they're in high up leadership within another Um, corporate structure or entity. And um, I do definitely work on the clothing piece, which is the thing that most people know stylists for. Um, But I've developed a method and sort of a a methodology for for women to really think of themselves as a personal brand in a different way than we often think of it, you know, in society
0: broadly, because I think visibility is different for women than men. Absolutely. And, you know, before we started recording, I was telling you that People don't really understand what a sub-niche is and why it's so important to identify who you need on your team and on, on a really granular level.
1: Yeah, it's true. You don't really think of that until you've been in business for a while, right? Like that kind of hits you when you're when you're kind of like, why isn't anything moving forward? And then you're like, oh, <laughs> it's because um maybe I'm not being specific enough.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think one of the things I love about you is like you don't just think about it as. Well, let's just make sure your colors look good on your skin tone. Um, It's about the messaging. And one of the things I really love about like what you do for your clients, women, and I know you do have some male clients too, but this idea of wardrobe marketing, can you speak about what that looks like?
1: Yeah, I think that when you I've been in I've been in business for 12 years and um, I kind of came out the gate working with people that were relatively public facing uh, in Washington, D.C. and the public in sort of the political arena. And what I saw and learned from them was that they really took their decisions of what they wore, even if it appeared like boring to the outside uh, as a form of nonverbal communication. And I think that when you're a business owner, it's very hard to. You have so many things going on right you're trying to keep all the balls in the air and we typically uh go towards you know our website and our branding colors and you know our copy and that is very important but we forget that we are actually the greatest asset to our business and so what i see happening a lot is that we wait to think about what we're going to wear until we are in our most public facing sort of moments, right? You're in your closet the night before a talk, or, you know, you have a photo shoot. And this can spark a lot of insecurity, or Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, you're overwhelmed. And what I have really realized over the years is that if you begin to think of the way you dress as part of your marketing, it sort of begins to have this bigger more sort of existential impact where you then believe and kind of step into the next version of yourself. So it's not just about the photo shoot. it's not just about the talk. it's about how you're showing up every day And that's also important in a world right now where we're on video right We're on we're constantly being seen in a different way. Um, it's just really important for us to be thinking of our wardrobe not as just a message for other people but for a message as a message to ourselves.
0: Yeah, you know, there was this two thoughts that came to my mind, Nicole. As you were explaining this, is I remember reading about when, uh, specifically in America, when they started having more color on the TV, and there was this pre- presidential debate between Richard Nixon and a young man, JFK. Uh, JFK, mm-hmm. and the what really struck out to people was a blue suit shining against sparkly blue eyes versus mm-hmm. Richard Nixon' bland, boring brown suit that everyone wore.
1: Yeah. You know, it's interesting to say that because presidential uh, sort of dressing has always really fascinated me. Um, Because one of the things we know about presidents and one of the things I've seen working in politics and PR uh, before I launched my own career was that there's actually an insane amount of thought that goes into the details Mm -hmm. of what they wear either they wear the same thing every day typically that's a navy suit uh well and with president obama it was a navy suit and that's because navy is a little bit less harsh on the skin doesn't cast shadows up as aggressively as black mm. um, and so it's just a little bit kinder as you age to the skin but also that they wear the same thing every day so they don't have to think about it right but it, but that's still intentional it's still intentionally decided right or when they're doing like a casual sit down like what a candidate is with their wife or their kids you know um, you know, they have their their sleeves rolled up a little, you know, they're wearing khakis and not jeans. All of those decisions are very, very calculated.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's not just with you know, U.S. American politics, but even across the globe, I was learning about the royal family and mm. the all the women only wear, what, nude or clear nail polish. That's it. Never, ha- Never having any skirts above the knee no, no, no. Hats, yeah. so there's etiquette in this protocol and it, there's, and it's sticky, mm-hmm. meaning that when you think of a beautiful tail with outfit and clear nail polish, I, I can't unthink about the world family, British world family.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think to your point about it being sticky, um, one of the things that we really deeply overlook when it comes to ourselves But we tend to hold on to when it's other people is the power of, well, you know, being consistent and consistency. We know that in our marketing messages and we know that, you know, maybe on our social media feeds, but we forget that that applies to us, too, and that that also inspires a form of trust. And it's it's this kind of thing that happens where if I see somebody say on, we'll just say Instagram or something, and every time I see them, they show up in this like radically different way, or like they're a, they want, they're a service provider that's charging, you know, $75,000 for a coaching package. But every time I see them, then they're in their pajamas. <laughs> I may not I may not be able to say in that moment why something doesn't feel right to me but something doesn't feel right to me about that. And mm. so we forget that that actually happens with us to other people. And I'm not saying that you need to be dolled up at all times but there, it, it's sort of like most people don't want their kids going to school in their pajamas because you know they're there to learn well i don't mm. really want to give you seventy five thousand dollars or hundred thousand dollars to coach me if you can't even get up and get dressed and i think that that sounds harsh but it's true and it's something i'm having to say more and more um nobody really cares how you get dressed Be- they care that you get dressed they care mm. that you show up right because mm. that's going
0: to help me understand your energy a little bit better you know as you're talking. I'm I feel. I feel like you pulled out all the like, the rules from Malcolm Gladwell's uh, "The Tipping Point" book because it's just because <laughs> one of the things that you know I, I remember just thinking about from your marketing and like things I've read is that we need to be really aware that our our, our uniform is much more powerful than meets the eye. And even if they say it's no big deal, they know on a subconscious level. That's why people are very
1: defensive about this. There's also a lot around, you know, oh, it's superficial. Oh, but I am too busy working on my craft. It's like nobody wants to nobody wants to work with, marry, date, be around someone that's so unbalanced that they can't take mm. five minutes to be mm. considerate. Not from me necessarily but for themselves. Like I said, if you, and I think this is really important for women, I'm not saying it's not important for men, but we live in a society that dictates to women how they should look at such a degree that their value gets tied up in it. And so it's really important for me as I talk through these things for people to understand that this doesn't mean that you outsource your style or what you're attractive, what you find attractive to other people or other people's perception. It starts with you. And Mm. that's the energy of, I really want to know you know when i'm working with someone or they're working with me they really want to know like well Well, who are you well where do you you know like who are you as a human being yes you maybe you're my coach or my accountant or whatever and this is another way of doing that and so it's up to you it's up to you to decide that and then to be consistent this is not like oh i think that people will like me if i wear a suit jacket but that doesn't feel right to me so you know no if it doesn't feel right to you it's not right for you um but it starts the meaning of your clothes and that kind of it has to start with
0: you yeah you know this is definitely a misconception that I see propagated in social media, this come as you are, be authentic thing. Yes. Yes. And when we said come as you are, what do you mean come as you are as if you jumped out of a garbage can?
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I think people are, I almost feel like it comes from this belief that it's either all or nothing. It's either mm. odd naked, quote unquote, authenticity, which quite frankly isn't really authentic. It's actually very, um, uh what do you call it is like the word i'm thinking of it's very reactive energy right and no no one's paying money for you to be reactive they're paying money for you to be strategic whatever your specialty and Mm. then on the other side there is this idea of like i think a lot of us have gotten this if we worked in the corporate space uh i i know i did of like well i i have to dress a certain way because it's it's what the sort of environment dictates and it doesn't feel authentic it doesn't feel right and i have to not talk about you know if you're a mother you can't share that you have kids or you know there's sort of this idea of keep everything to yourself and that feels restrictive and so people don't understand this middle ground and this is a Mm. lot about what it means to be a personal brand broadly um people don't need your like uh, unfiltered self they what's the there's no value in that the value comes when you've sat down and been thoughtful and have a message or have something you could pull out of an experience and that comes
0: with your clothes too there's no difference Mm. You know, I was thinking about, as you were explaining, because I also came from Washington, D.C. area, and it always felt like uniforms. Yes. And I I think about my husband, too. His uniform was khaki pants and the plaid Mm T-shirt. And we may be in these spaces where we've been in this 15, 20 or how many years where you just you never question. You just think, well, the the way off the career ladder is to assimilate. And then you become an entrepreneur and that program is still stuck in your mind.
1: Yeah, this is why there is such a connection between doing the inner work and having the outer expression of yourself, you know, be a reflection of that. I don't think most people know how to do that or what that means. I think there's this idea that like um, look good, feel good, or, you know, it, it, it's very trite. It's very, you know, like bumper sticker-ish, but it yeah. doesn't, nobody knows how to do it. and so this is why a lot of people come to me once they've worked with coaches i'm also i have also have some coaching certification as well but i i think it's just really critical because it's it's actually an awakening that i feel like happens and it's not a one-time thing like okay I'm starting to understand who I am more as a business owner and entrepreneur, I'm starting to get out of some of the programming I had for my corporate life. And now I understand how to dress it's like no, as you go more deeply into the journey of what it means to be a business owner, which, as most of us know, is always about, unfortunately, it's always about doing like self reflection and inner work, you don't know that when you start but it is, um, Mm -hmm. then your style begins to evolve. And I think that's another thing is like, you don't have the same business you had when you started. I know I've had like six websites, you know, your style (laughs) is the same way. And I think we tend to want to like hold on and grasp it. Like it's going to be, we figure it out once and it's done forever. But if you're truly evolving as a human being, that shouldn't be the case.
0: Mm. You know, I remember telling you that in the beginning of my own, like transitioning from personal training to like, Business coaching and then life coaching was that I remember the first coach I had was bohemian. Mm. And I loved and respected her so much. I found myself dressing bohemian.
1: Yeah. But, but it's yeah. also a way for you to start to try on identities. Like that, mm. there's nothing wrong with that. Eventually, you share that you've, you know, sort of course corrected and found your way. And also the realization of that, that you had of like, oh, it was because I, so respected her. And I thought like, this was what it meant to be a coach, right? Like it had this, that's what I thought the vibe was. That's really important information. That's really critical because maybe it's the case as you went on. And I don't know, I'm just, you know, riffing here that like, you know, there was something about the vibe of her style, not necessarily the exact expression of it that you wanted to take with you. And so you can figure out how that works. And I think we're all, we're way too, um, perfectionistic about this. They're mm. just clothes. You literally, they, you ju- you take them off. You do. Mm. It's not that big of a deal. People are always surprised that I say that, but we take this a little too seriously. And that seriousness doesn't allow us to play and question,
0: you know, and figure out what actually is for us. And I, and I think people go to extremes and say, okay, I got to go to Nordstrom's and get a style coach. Or I got to, you know, I, I got to subscribe to all these other places. And like, you're missing the point it's, it's not going to be found in one particular person. It's going to be found always within yourself. So that's the thing that I think a lot of clients are surprised by when
1: we work together, I'm moving more towards a model of teaching because it's very difficult after the last decade, I've worked with, you know, very successful women and men. And, Mm -hmm. you know, what the expectation is when someone comes to a stylist and it's not wrong, it just depends on the stylist you're going to, is that I'm going to show up, I'm going to give you some information, mostly surface level, my sizes that kind of thing what I want to make sure that nobody you know what, what body parts I want to hide what body parts I want to show off yeah. and then you're going to hand me a bunch of clothes or a bunch of options however that happens in person or online and then um I'm going to wear these clothes and I'm going to feel better and different and you know and this and I'm, I'm good for another five years and truly that's wrong because uh in order for you to feel better and different and or however you want to feel in those clothes a you have to know that before before we work together and most people don't even think about that. And B, you have to actually, there's some psychology behind this. This has actually been um, like studied. It's called enclosed cognition. In order for you to feel the way you wanna feel when you get dressed, you have to identify that first how how you want to feel and second that the pieces you're putting on your body align with that so Mm. a good example is this if you really want to feel let's use the case of your old coach maybe she really wanted to feel carefree and sort of um like in her feminine energy and that kind of thing and so she went towards this bohemian style well she had to have identified ahead of time that that style evoked that feeling in her for somebody else those feelings may be evoked by wearing all green or a different cut of clothing or more like an Eileen Fisher kind of style and so I can give you the clothes that I think will help you embody that but if you put them on and that doesn't that doesn't work with your own vision of that it doesn't do the clothes don't do their job
0: mm.
1: this is why it's our job to give things meaning and that's why clients have to do a fair amount of you know, conversations like strategy calls and all that with me before we get to the clothes, because let's be honest, the clothes are the easy part. And I know there are people probably listening to this thinking, I hate shopping. What is she talking about? I can't stand getting dressed. I sit in the mirror and like nothing looks right. But that's because you're not doing the work that you need before you find the clothes,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: because there's never been more clothes at every price point available in the world ever. So that's not the problem. The problem is that we don't know what we're looking for and we haven't identified
0: what is going to make us feel the way we want to feel. Yeah. You know, as you say about, you know, making the clothes reflect who you are, I'll never forget when during the 2016 election, American elections, when uh, Hillary Clinton showed Mm -hmm. up with her monochromatic pantsuit. Say whatever you want about the woman. But yeah. at any time, doesn't matter if it was a purple suit or a green suit or a white suit, she evoked power. Mm-hmm. And that was by design. Mm-hmm. And you're like, how can that happen? She's just wearing a monochromatic suit. Yeah.
1: Well, the colors were all um, connected. I worked with some people in that campaign. Um, I, I was flying back and forth to DC during that time. I was located in Boston then. Um, and, and I'm telling you, uh, the amount of work that went into those outfits happened like months in advance. The colors were picked for very specific reasons. Um, it's just, it's, it's really interesting and fascinating. I I agree with you, no matter what you think of her. Um, but more, I think a lot of people maybe didn't even realize it. They were just like, oh, another pantsuit, but I don't think people (laughs) realized, you know, some of the, some of the importance of that. Michelle Obama obviously is another incredible example of using her clothes to reflect meaning.
0: Yeah. You know, when I, I, and another person that monochromatic was Tulsi Gabbard always wore white. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, I never saw anyone consistently wear white.
1: It's brave. It's brave. That's a brave choice. I don't think I could pull that off just from a logistics standpoint.
0: Yeah. I, right, right. And I think, you know, we're talking about this idea of con- like using your wardrobe as a content strategy. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. All of that is content. It's easy to forget that. But all of that is content. Uh, the color content, the, the silhouette content, the decision to go with a suit instead of a dress content. And I know a lot of people think, well, I'm not a presidential candidate. You know, no one sees me that much. Um, but I would, again, bring it back to you see yourself that much. And, um, and other people do, do see that a great example of this that I, I really can't hammer home enough. This breaking of trust is if you are, you know, someone that's an author, a public speaker or something like that, and then you, you know, you build a following, I see this a lot. And then you go and you have to meet, you know, your fans or the people that are interested in your message in real life. Uh, and then they meet you and there's like just such a huge disconnect between the person that they've seen in your marketing or your, your book, you know, cover and then you, and I think this is, again, we don't, we really, when it's us, we just, we tend to brush it off or we tend to not understand. But if you think about your experience of somebody else like that, maybe you can remember that, that, that feeling of just like, there's a disconnect and like, oh, that weren't, they weren't like what I expected. And that loses, that then means that like some of your presence loses power.
0: Yeah. You know, every time I think about Michelle Obama, where's she going to wear her next sleeveless outfit? You know, when I, (laughs) when I think about Oprah now, she's going to have some big curly hair do like it, it sticks.
1: It does. And I think what's interesting when you said the Michelle Obama thing, the arm, like the, the bare arms really quickly. I remember thinking like just in this instant, I remember thinking like, Back in the day, like, oh, Michelle Obama is known for, you know, having her arms uncovered. And now that I'm a little bit older, I actually see there was a lot of value in that because, yes, she was in great shape. But one of the things that's really interesting that I, I see because body image is such a massive part of the work that I do with clients and, and sort of navigating that is women are very, 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 very hesitant to ever show their arms. Now, there's a million mm. reasons for this. Sometimes it's because they think they're, quote, unquote, too big. Sometimes it's because you know they're getting old and they think the skin looks creepy. Or sometimes they just think that that is, quote, unquote, not professional. I will mm. not be taken seriously. And so by her doing that, there was really a bigger message. There really, really was. And I don't know that, that everybody completely saw it. But there was something to that, and and that's what I mean about this being, you know, a, a way that we signal things to people. And even as a coach or someone that's in, you know, that needs to market themselves, you know, one of the things I see a lot of people, women, thinking is like, well, I'll, I'll wait to plan my photo shoot till I lose weight or whatever. And I understand that there's things people have to work through, and it, it can be difficult to see an image of yourself if you're not happy where you are physically. I get that. But the opportunity in these things, like Michelle Obama showing her arms, right, is that Mm -hmm. we signal to other people that it's okay to accept themselves how they are Mm. and really think about what that means for somebody coming into your world and working with you, however that is. What how powerful, much more powerful is that connection? Because you showed up as who you are fully. You don't have to love every single thing. But what an opportunity. And this is another way that this is, you know, a content strategy in your marketing.
0: You know, as as we're talking about this, you made me remember a little bit more about Michelle Obama's background. You know, she's a lawyer like her her husband, and she was a lawyer for a hospital. And when she became first lady, one of her initiatives was healthy food school lunches. Mm -hmm. So when you think about her arms and she was working in the garden, the White House garden, she was talking about health and wellness mm-hmm. and what better way to showcase that by being unapologetically embracing her body for yeah. all to see so that like i need everyone to li- who's listening to understand this was intentional oh yeah
1: oh yeah and again as someone who's worked with strategists inside the white house during some of these cam- both campaigns actually um i can promise you that they were i didn't dress either of these people just to be clear <laughs> but i did work but i did dress the strategist that 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 worked with them, so I'm very I'm very clear on that, and it's it, it's just there's so much that goes into it. There's just so much, and and it's that's good for us to know that these aren't. This is how personal brands that are powerful are made. We tend to think that it's like oh, just put the clothes on me, you know, whatever. I need a couple of good outfits, but that's not how personal brands are tr- like really that resonate. That's not how they're made. It's not like Michelle Obama showed her arms her arms twice, and we were like oh, that's her. No, she did it repeatedly for years. She's still doing it. Um, and, and that's important. That's important to think about.
0: Yeah. And I I really think as everyone is listening to this conversation, understanding that this is not an invitation for you to like spend a third of your business funds on clothing. You can't, <laughs> and write, them off.
1: You can't write them off anyway. So no, it is not an invitation to do that. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and, you know, as much as we say, oh, well, I don't believe I should be judged on your appearance. Unfortunately, that's just what it is. And as you mentioned earlier, it's an extension of how you feel. I cannot put on a monochromatic suit and feel comfortable. Yeah. It's going to feel weird, even if the colors match my skin tone. and if, Even if it's tailored for my body type, it just won't feel right.
1: Yeah. And but the thing that people are saying, I think what's underneath that is like, oh, it shouldn't matter or or it doesn't matter, is that there's a lot of self-protection underneath Mm. that comment. And so Mm. I want to unpack that a little because what there's another way of looking at this, like I've said. Should it matter or shouldn't it matter? It's actually neutral. It does matter. What you choose to make that mean is completely up to you. Mm. You can see it as an opportunity. Or you can see it as being held back. And I think as women, it's important for us. This is why I feel that women need a different paradigm for being a brand, because Mm. we have been told what we should look like for so long that I understand the desire to go the other way, to say, it doesn't matter. This is about my skills. This is about my, you know, expertise. And if you can't see past it, screw you. Like, I get that. I get that. But Mm. that is defensive and it's not empowered. And so the other way to view it is, I'm not saying that you have to show off your legs. I'm not saying what you have to look like. I'm saying you have to decide what's empowering to you. And maybe, and often when I work with a client, it is absolutely bucking the norms of quote unquote, femininity and continually showing up and doing that is incredibly powerful. If that's the truth of your style, if that's the truth for you, but there can be a lot of fear, A, in doing that, right? And continually showing up that way because it means people are looking at you. People are probably gonna judge you. But here's the thing, whether you get dressed up or you don't get dressed up, people are judging you. So why would you not decide how you want that judgment to go?
0: Mm. You know, there's a couple of things that you were talking about, but first I wanted to share, I, for some stupid reason, I was thinking about Really old TV shows. And I was thinking about Barbara Eden. And, you know, she was the I Dream a Genie um, lady. Mm. And one of the, she, the, woman's 91. Would you believe she still has her hair in high ponytails in the same makeup and style as she did over 50 years ago? That's how she's dressing today. Correct. Wow. But identity mid, minus the top, mid, you know, the stomach exposed, you know. But she's still doing it. She took a character and made it her all her own. Now, whether or not she's doing it because she just wants to be associated with that character it remains to be seen. But I just thought about like we some of us get so wedded mm. to what other people think we should be. You can't be separated. And I think about Madonna. You know, you know, hey. again, or oh, all these names I'm dropping doesn't matter if you like it or not. I'm just giving you as case examples. <laughs> I don't want anyone sending you or me messages saying, how dare you speak negatively about Barbara Eden? Like, like anyway, um, but, but Madonna, <laughs> you go on Madonna's Instagram page. She's still dressing like the material girl in the 80s. Yes. Why? I yes. don't know if she's doing it because it's who she is or she's so wedded to what made her famous. I don't know.
1: I don't know that Madonna's platform has changed enough. Like, I I think that so many of the people you're talking about, you know, there's different people, like one is Paltrow, again, like her, don't like her, I don't really care, but, you know, she went from being this sort of it girl actress to, you know, entrepreneur, health, wellness space, quote unquote, you know, influencer kind of individual. Um, And so like someone like her is not living off of like whatever her, you know, biggest hit was at 28. Um, But someone like Madonna is, Uh, And so I think that that's where I see a lot of people that aren't, this is what I'm saying about your style evolving. If you're not evolving then as a person, then it's likely your style is going to get stuck there as well. So there's really Hmm. something to look at there because if that's the last time you identified as being quote unquote valuable in the eyes of the world, then it's very likely that that is how you're going to continue to show up even if the world has passed, kept
0: going, you know. It's so weird to see it, Nicole. It's so weird i'm not in the i'm it's not 1995. (laughs) we're not Hollow Back girls i i I don't know what's going on
1: i know but i think people do this in 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 smaller ways in their own life because one of the biggest questions i get is like well will this make me look old or you know does this make me look old and i think aging is a whole other concept but you know, a lot of women never, or men too, never change their hair, never uh, change their makeup as they age, which is really critical. Never, um, you know, they, they wear they're wearing the same jeans they were wearing 10 or 15 years ago and styles are changing. Um, and I understand not wanting to like just be into trends, but there's something, there's a difference between being trend focused and being modern and updated and fresh. Mm. And, and it's also for you. It's also for you to be able to see yourself As someone that evolves, it's also important as women who fear aging often that you often we fear aging because we think like, oh, I'm done. There's nothing else here. There's, you know, and well, that's if you say so. I mean, I have just turned 41 and I will tell you that I feel better about myself than I have ever felt. And I feel more willing to express myself in terms of my style than ever before. And I had to do a lot of work to not think of myself in this way of what a 40 year old looks and does, right? Like Mm -hmm. this age, my hair should be short or whatever these rules are. And when you step outside of that and let yourself update a little, it doesn't have to be drastic. It gives you so much more
0: energy. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's a lot of false pride. I mean, I'm in the 40 club too. <laughs> I I and I was thinking to myself that I don't want to be considered like a young chick. I've learned who I am now. And it's it's a form of defiance. When mm. you think about it.
1: It is. It's interesting. It is. There's so much around aging as women and I'm not saying it's not there for men, but yeah, it is a form of defiance. It's a form of you know because 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 there's this idea that you are less valuable mm-hmm. and, and, and it's unfortunate but that's the thing that that's the truth of it and so there's but sometimes there's a lot of power in that acknowledgement and just saying that like okay this is what society may do to me like in terms of their view what do i want for myself it's a hard thing and i think i see a lot of women getting stuck. And so my recommendation is like, you don't have to overhaul everything. And to your point earlier about, you know, spending all this money on your clothes, this should be happening a little step at a time. This should not be happening all at once because it is a bad investment decision to go all in at once Um, because you are going to change as you let yourself explore your inner world more. And so if this feels overwhelming to you, lessen the price point. You know, you can buy new jeans in a current style at Old Navy, and you can buy them at Nordstrom, and you can buy them at Saks. The important point isn't the price. The important point is letting yourself experience the new thing. Mm.
0: You know, one of the things I I think about a lot was I don't know about you, but when I was uh, you know in my teens, I used to read like Seventeen and Glamour, <laughs> and I would look to them which is trendy. And then you know, as I got older. I was still, I was more or less conditioned to look outside. Mm -hmm. And so for those who are listening, I understand, honey, like if you've been spending 20 plus years looking outside and then for us to say, Hey, look inward, it's a shock. What do you mean I have to look inward?
1: Yeah, it is a shock. It is a shock, which is why I wrote an entire process on how to do that. Right. Because it's a shock. And I am, you know, I was incredibly led by 17. And even when I first started as a stylist, I had an entire binder, a binder with like clear of things I ripped out of magazines because like magazines were my world as a teenager. And um, and it's taken a long time for me to even get at this place in my career where I understand. But here's the thing. It's not that you never look outside. It's that you look outside and you then filter it through like a list of questions and a list of touch points internally to know if that's for you. And again, this is why it's about trying. It's about experimentation. It's about spending a day going and trying on clothes that you think you have no business trying on Mm. with no attachment to it because Mm. it doesn't matter. They are clothes. And if you can't come to that, then that is your first step. It's not buying new clothes. It's going out and taking these little kind of style adventures is what I call them to push yourself out of your comfort zone. Maybe that's getting new perfume. Maybe that's trying a new hair color. You know, it can be a whole variety of things. But if this feels hard, this idea of like going internally, then make it matter less by saying, I don't have to buy anything, but I do have to try on stuff. You know,
0: as you were talking about this style adventure, styling safari, you know, I was thinking about uh, Steve Harvey and I'll I'll never forget when I was reading one of his books. He was saying his wife went up to Steve and said, you know, you dress like a gangster. You're just wearing these like very blue or black suits and there's nothing else that's going on. Why don't you try something different? And he started getting adventurous with mixing his plaids and yeah. strife and different types of materials and his wife forced him out of that but he embraced it and i think we need to embrace having someone kind of nudge us to something that we may not otherwise have chosen for ourselves and you don't have to commit to it like you said earlier like no one's saying you have to buy it don't let anyone pressure you. If you feel the energy, like we talk about this so much, you know, I know, I know, I know, I talk about this in my coaching program, but I know you talk about this in your coaching programs and on your stylist programs. Is this idea of like the energy? Mm. You'll know when you wear something whether or not it, it just amps you up or deflates you down.
1: But we don't give ourselves a lot of opportunities to know it in this physical way, which is why the value of clothes this is why clothes are valuable is that it's another way. And we kind of know this when we're younger, but many of us say like, oh, it's cause my body was better than, or I was thinner. Like we have all these excuses. I was young. I could wear whatever I want. Like you can wear whatever you want now. Nobody cares that much about you. I need to break it to you. Literally nobody cares. They're too busy thinking about themselves. They just want you to show up consistently so they know if they can trust you or not. But mm. the whole point of this is that you, clothes are really transformative if you do it this way, because you begin to be able to understand what people like you and I are talking about when we say this about energy. because if this is not your natural way of thinking, and for most of us, it's not, you need some sort of practice. And sometimes having a physical thing
0: to interact with is very helpful. Mm, mm, mm. you know, I when I for example, when I wear my wedding rings, it's not because it's diamonds and it's shiny, it's pretty pretty it reminds me of the commitment, the promises and the experience of wearing it and the connection I have with my husband. Mm. Yeah. And I think we need to extend that concept. We do. And I, I
1: think it's important for me to say at this point, cause I'm feeling called to that. The other reason this is valuable. And I'm saying this also because you're a coach and I think you'll agree is that we are, don't give meaning to clothes in the same way that, as you mentioned, your wedding rings, mm-hmm. because we have been, we we carry a set of beliefs that aren't truly ours or aren't truly examined about our appearance.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: one of the things all, so my program kicks off, not with clothes, but with mindset work, because mm-hmm. my experience, and I'm pretty confident given you know, who you are in the world and the people that I'm sure you attract is that they, the people that I work with, the women I work with and the men I work with, they have made things happen for themselves. These are people who have, you know, built businesses with no experience from scratch and become successful, right? Most people can't do that. And yet they feel blocked when it comes to this clothes thing, which is so interesting, right? This is so basic. And that weighs on them and usually Mm. that weighs on them because they have some head trash, for lack of a better word, that is contributing to that. So maybe you grew up in a household where it was considered really like uh, um, unacceptable for women to dress a certain way because it called attention to their appearance, perhaps it was because of a religious Upbringing. perhaps it was because, you know, it made you seem as a woman, a certain way, perhaps mm-hmm. you, your body was commented on in this, your size in your home, or you saw your mother diet a lot, and maybe she didn't let herself buy new clothes until she was a certain weight. So some of us have this in programmed, this programmed idea that we need to really take a look at. Like, I, I have to earn. My clothes. I have to earn being mm. seen. And this is critical, especially as entrepreneurs. This is why I will never, if the only thing I ever took away from my career and did, if I could just do one piece, it would be this piece because you cannot show up powerfully and visibly in the world if you are holding on to this. And often what happens is our clothes are the thing that show us. Because mm. where we are blocked here, we usually get it from somewhere else because we all mm. want to feel good in our clothes. so And they're, they're very readily available. So what's going on there that you're not letting yourself have that? That is critical because it does impact how you show up in the world and how you let yourself be seen.
0: You know, you're really ringing doorbells here for me because I, I think about one of the darkest times I've had in my business. All, every single dark time, when I think about it, honestly, was when I dressed frumpy. Mm. That is not an accident. So
1: interesting that you're sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not an accident.
0: Not and I an can, ta- yeah, and I can say for myself,
1: I talk about this because my biggest struggle in my business has not been getting clients to pay me, has not been attracting, you know, impressive I, you know, people or the people that I wanted to work with. It's about getting myself out there enough to be found because I mean, I remember putting up my first Facebook page for business 12 years ago and feeling like I was going to throw up. I was so nervous. You know, it's visibility is something I have struggled with my whole life. It feels like a theme, my maybe my life theme that I have to overcome. And so and and so as a result, I'm not saying I see it everywhere for no reason. But every stylist that I've trained a lot of stylists sees this with people this fear that they come up against in a dressing room where all of a sudden they're like, wait, is this too good? Will they judge me if I look like this? I love this, but what if they, what if they judge me? What if this is too much? And, and I just, this is, again, like, this is why this work is so powerful because it lets us practice in small ways. And I think these really are like the true moments of courage that we don't give ourselves enough credit for.
0: Hmm. You know, it's so funny. Gosh, this is all kismet because I remember I was just reading a, a Wall Street Journal article. It was about public speaking, but this idea about being visible—it's it, related to this idea that as human beings, right, we want to find approval, we want mm-hmm. to find acceptance, and letting the, the smooth underside of our belly or are, are in other words, showing our vulnerability or, uh, because of uncertainty out there and that fear of rejection causes us to flee from what we want so desperately. Yes. And as you mentioned earlier, no one cares <laughs> other than what they are seeking to obtain from you. Correct. We're selling. We Okay. Okay. This is, I got it. I just mentioned this because it's just worth mentioning to everyone who's listening. Selling is serving, right? But how do you serve anybody by deflating yourself?
1: Yeah. Who wants to buy from someone that's deflated? Like if I, if I buy from you, I want to feel uplifted, but if you don't have that yourself, how can you help me get there? Mm. You're so right.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, gosh, like as you're as we're talking, Nicole, I'm just thinking about so many situations where I purposely went inward because of messaging from the past. Like you mentioned, like what what did your family of origin say? I I constantly talk with my clients about let's think, let's talk about your 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 family messaging because they could have imprinted ideas on you that are not. Are first of all not relevant to you nor your situation right and and more often than not was based on their own woundedness yes yes especially because you know if you
1: work with entrepreneurs so many of us get the message from the people in our lives particularly family members they just want us to be safe and they may say things like are you sure that's a good idea to go back, you know, go back to that normal job. You know, what about this? What about that? And again, yeah, it is their own fear. And and, and in, in respect to this sort of visibility clothes showing up kind of conversation, there's a couple areas that, that are really valuable to look at. So there's family of origin, beliefs around appearance showing up and being seen, particularly within the realm of femininity. though that, ex- that also goes with masculinity, right? Maybe it's not wasn't acceptable for you to dress flamboyantly like. Steve Harvey, right, maybe that meant something about your masculinity. Mm. Um, Another place is money, Mm. thoughts and beliefs on money, like this is not something we spend money on appearance isn't something that is worthwhile or valuable. Another one that's really, really critical, particularly if you're in the entrepreneurial realm is receiving, receiving attention, receiving money, receiving, you know, nice things. Mm. Um, uh, And then another area is the norms of your industry so if you're a coach and you hang out with other coaches is there just ways that you feel like the coaches you surround yourself with dress that you should be dressing too does is that true does that res you know is that a style that really resonates or if you were an accountant and now you work for yourself are you still dressing like you did when you were in a big accounting company Mm. Um, so, so it's sort of like what other people's perception, the, all of these different themes, all these different buckets of like family and money. And it, there's like that, them, what I've been mm. given. And then, then the opportunity is to then look and say, well, does that feel right? How could I rewrite that belief? And that's about us. And this is the work of going inward. This is the work, like you said earlier, well, we don't know how to look inside to figure out our style. Well, you can't figure out your style if you don't understand who's, like
0: controlling the narrative, hmm. then And should be you. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I, I'm thinking about is this idea that we think that we can educate ourselves solo on this. Mm. And to some extent, I think you can, but there are certain things like someone like you can tease out in an instant, then you blowing through four different books. And I, I don't think people understand the value it is to have someone who can say, wait a minute, are you dressing because of what you think or because what your grandmother told you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I you
1: know, I even see though that people can do my online course and they can be present and they will just skip right past all that. They want to get right to the shopping. And the only there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you want to do and my just the question I would ask is like if you're this is uncomfortable or you don't want to look at these things is like why the clothes are always going to be there. Why is it so hard this this shouldn't feel so hard uh, just shouldn't literally you take them off every day they matter and they don't matter, you have to be able to hold both of those things um. It's, yeah. it's
0: complicated stuff that people don't expect, I think. I, I think because of, you know, I'll just cut to the chase because I think as entrepreneurs, we think I'm so busy building my empire and I'm mm-hmm. so busy doing it my way and my path and what I envision. This is not part of my vision. Just show me what I got to do so I can check this off the list of things to do. You can do that. Sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, here's the thing. I am of the belief that, you know, just like I'm sure you are like, I, the way that I do my work isn't for everyone, the way that you do your work mm. isn't for everyone. And thank God, because I have no interest in having people that don't want to look at it in this way, and and it's taken me a long time to admit that, right? I mm. have had very transactional clients, and and I and I have never not seen that that type of transactionalness. And that type of busyness and that inability to stop These are, this doesn't take very long if you do this one-on-one with me right we have an hour and a half conversation and it's done um and then as we work together i will ask you questions and and, and whatever like through voxer it's not this big process but if this is uncomfortable or you're just like let me i want to just get it over with that's fine that's absolutely fine can you be successful and not use your clothes this way yes but i would I would, I would ask you to really be honest about what happens in the moments before you have to show up for something that's important. Mm -hmm. Do you feel great about the choices you're making? Do you feel empowered to step on that stage or go on that photo shoot? If you don't, then you are, you are wasting, Mm -hmm. you are wasting an investment. So from a business perspective, it makes no sense. This is you know, not what, hard. This is not hard work. If you choose to not do it, that's fine. But is there a consequence
0: in terms of your investments? You know, I, I it is a dog pile of misery, because I as you mentioned of that idea of, OK, you're getting dressed, You you have your summit or, you know, retreat to Bali or whatever, and you don't get enough engagement or you you don't get enough comments and you feel defeated, right? Because you're not dressed to evoke the energy you want. Then you come back with your bad energy and you don't make a good sales page. And then you're feeling worse. And then you dress more. Then the next thing you know, you're wearing sweatpants and eating uh, directly through a canister of Haagen-Dazs. Right. And then you're wondering, how did I get here?
1: Right. And, 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 the other piece of this is that then when you go to market yourself and you have those photos you don't like or you have that speaking reel that you're not super proud of you, it, be, it the energy keeps going so it doesn't just end there and and I, it's what I call the negative visibility cycle, so I have an entire sort of um, framework around this. And you know it starts with saying exactly what you said like I don't have time for this i'm too busy until it gets to the point where every time you have to be visible it chips away at your confidence a little more and a little more and i know this because i wrote the whole system i have for myself because i believed for years not that i couldn't dress myself but that like it was fine like i was going to have some very successful business and hide that was my job, Mm -hmm. the person behind everyone making everybody look good right that was what i believed but guess what the universe finally said we're not going to let you get any higher than this if you continue this And Mm. I kept getting the message over and over. And so then I had to do the deeper work. So I understand that, like, you can get by, you can dress yourself even, you can, but if there's no connection to the internal piece, there will be a, there will eventually be sort of like a plateau. And I don't know if you believe this, but I have seen this in business as well, like money and in other ways, like in my business.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, if you tell the world, I don't feel good about your myself. And then the universe will say, and it is. So it will give it to you right back in spade. And I remember Nicole, I I heard this many, many years ago. I so discounted it. This is why doing this type of mindset work is important. This is why dealing with a professional like Nicole is so important. Like yourself is I remember many years ago, over a decade ago, someone would tell me every time before I get dressed, I would sing to myself happy songs. And I thought, oh, that's kitschy. Like, oh, whatever. <laughs> I didn't understand it. Oh, my gosh, Nicole. I didn't understand it. Now I'm like shaking my head 10 years later and go, now I know why that woman told me that. Yeah, I, I can see it. taken me about a decade to get that too, though, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay,
1: whatever. I got stuff to do. You know, I, I, I say all the stuff that I say that because I've experienced it and because I did not want to see this myself. And, and, and so, you know, I am very much someone that's like, let's get it done. I'm fast paced. I walk fast. I talk fast. That is who I am. Um, So I get it. But sometimes there's lessons that keep circling back around whether you want to hear it or not.
0: And you're going to get the same lesson until you learn it. And unfortunately, a lot of people, they like you said, we hit this plateaus because we haven't willing to learn the lesson. And I think for, for, you know, maybe a client working with you, they will unlock the door beyond this, the the money, unlock the doors to more spirituality, more closeness with their family. Like, I don't know, like it's the possibilities are endless. This is just a vehicle. It is all,
1: it is just a vehicle. I have many people that have gone through my workshop, my, my online program that have said that, and, and even had like their spouses reach out, like the level of just like, general joy because they get up in the morning and they're excited to look in their closet Mm. and experience what this is like like it's an act of creativity it's an act Mm. of creativity and what's even more amazing and what i'm actually very proud of in this program unintentional byproduct of this feeling that clients have is that they are allowed to pass that down to their children and i don't know about you but if you grew up in a house where, where you know in the women in your family or the women in your your bigger sort of circle We're always obsessed with being smaller, thinner, you know, and getting dressed, then giving your child, male or female, because boys have this too, an opportunity to think of getting dressed as an act of self-expression and creativity because it is modeled for them, because you have steps and a framework to, to follow is such a gift because then that child can bring that into their life every day. They are less susceptible to, you know, being bullied about their appearance. They're less susceptible. I'm not saying this stuff isn't going to happen. I'm just saying they're going to stand in their truth a lot more easily because it's modeled for them.
0: Mm, mm. So it's, it's literally the gift that keeps on giving.
1: It is. And it all starts. And, and, and oddly enough, it's, it's related to something that we often think
0: is, is incredibly shallow. No, it's not. No, it's not. If, you know, one of the things I talk about with my clients privately is that if trauma could be passed down the a generation, so can healing too. Yes. Yes. Wow. Well, I, wow. I, I don't know how to top this conversation. Nicole, how can people find you access you? Please let people know how to reach you.
1: Yes, yes, come hang out with me. I uh, spend a fair amount of time in two places in social media. One is TikTok. I'm a newer, newer adopt, adoptive uh, per, sort of to that that platform. We'll see how that goes. So at Nicole Achi, all my my full name, um, all one word, and same at Instagram at Nicole Achi. I spend a fair amount of time there. That's where you can can kind of hang out with me live, and then my website nicoleachi.com.
0: Wonderful. And is there any like last closing thought that you want everyone who's listening to know? Wow. Great question.
1: What would it, I just would kind of leave them with the question is what would it be like if getting dressed was an act of creativity and self, self, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, self-love or, or self-acceptance instead of an opportunity to beat yourself up. Like what would your, what could, what could shift
0: and change in your life? What could indeed. Well, Nicole, it's been such a pleasure and I can't wait to do this again with you sometime soon.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure.
0: Thank you. All right. Everyone who's listening, if you've been enjoying this whole conversation, be sure to get in contact with Nicole, reach out to her on Instagram, TikTok, holler at her, say hello, and be sure to share this podcast with somebody else. That way we can spread the message and that we can make sure that everyone feels just as good on the inside, but as well as on the outside until then take care and be awesome.